0: Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we are closing out our coverage of the TV series Firefly with the big-budget, big-screen post-series movie, Serenity. We open on what appears to be flashbacks showing the day Simon broke River out of the Alliance experimentation facility. Paradoxically, even though this happened in the past, he seems to know quite a bit more about what was being done to River than he did during the TV series. Actually, it's a recording replay that an Alliance operative, a man without a name, is reviewing. River is a psychic and she was exposed to top members of the Alliance Parliament, and they don't like the idea that she might be carrying around some of their secrets in her head. The operative will find her. In the now times, Simon and Mal are arguing. Mal means for River to earn her keep, and that means going on a mission to rob a security payroll. Mal threatens to kick the Tams off if Simon doesn't back down. The mission goes reasonably well, Until the Reavers arrive. The Reavers like nothing better than to kill, rape, and eat humans alive. Everyone is afraid of Reavers. They escape just, but Simon punches Mal for risking River's life. Mal, in turn, kicks them off the ship. He will leave them behind on Beaumont. On Beaumont, Mal and Jane visit some local crime lords, working on their latest deal. River happens to walk into the same bar, sees a TV commercial, and goes into full-on kick-ass mode. She starts beating up and killing everyone in the room, even Jane and Mal. Simon has followed her into the bar and shuts her down with a single word, which puts her to sleep. Apparently, she's been programmed with a safe word. A safe word Simon knew about all along but never saw fit to use previously. Mel brings the Tams back on the ship and locks up River. We're introduced to an old associate of the Serenity crew, one we've never met before, Mr. Universe, a tech head, but not an Ed head, who monitors lots of communications. After intercepting the footage of the fight in the bar, he is able to ascertain that the commercial River saw contained a subliminal message intended to trigger her. He also can tell that somebody else has already gotten hold of the same footage. Meanwhile, Inara, who has left the crew and is living on a training planet, gets a visit from the operative. The Serenity has gone to Haven, where Shepard Book now lives. He warns Mal that he's up against an operative, and that's nothing like he's ever faced before. Inara soon calls Mal for help on an obvious false pretext. Everyone knows it's a trap. But they go anyway. Meaning the operative doesn't go well. And Mal has handled his butt on a plate. But with Inara's (laughs) help, they escape. The crew are uncomfortable with the current situation. And Jane is downright put out about the Tams being back on the ship. Later, he decides to take matters into his own hands and dispose of River. But she bests him and then takes control of the ship. Mal tries to talk her down and does. a point. Since she saw the commercial, the name Miranda has been on her mind, and she's used Serenity's computers to find Miranda. It's a supposedly nothing planet far out past Reaver space. They would be nuts to go there. They return to Haven instead, where they discover it's been wiped out by the Alliance, Book included, who dies in Mal's arms. The Alliance operative is killing everyone who has ever worked with them or granted them Haven. All they have to do is turn over River, and it will all be over. Mal goes a bit mental. He forces the crew to use the corpses of the dead on Haven and other bits of junk to disguise Serenity as a Reaver ship. And they go to Miranda to find out what this mystery is. On the planet, they discover it's dead. All the people just died. In fact, they literally just gave up and died. For they find the wreckage of an Alliance rescue ship, which reveals that Miranda was used as a pacification experiment. A chemical was pumped into the air, designed to make the population less aggressive. It worked so well, they just stopped and died. That is, all for about 10% of them, who became nightmarish monsters. The Reavers. Now Mal has a crusade. The planets and all the people must know what the Alliance did. So they head back to Mr. Universe so that he can broadcast the info everywhere. The operative and a fleet of Alliance ships is waiting there. So Mal brings along some friends, the Reavers. In the space battle that ensues, they make it to Mr. Universe's control center, but not without casualties. Wash has been killed, and the crew are facing an impossible force of Reavers and are trapped in a dead end. They are slowly being beaten. Mr. Universe is also already dead, killed by the operative, but he left a final message to Mal, which reveals a backup control center that is still operational. Mal again battles the operative, and through sheer dumb luck, he overcomes him, broadcasting the message to everyone, everywhere. Meanwhile, River, protecting her brother, has single-handedly killed all the Reavers. Next, it looks like she may have to kill all the Alliance troops too, but the operative has them stand down. Damage is done. River is no longer a threat because the secret is out. He even arranges for Serenity to get fixed. What a nice guy he really is. The crew, (laughs) with River piloting, take off for what is no doubt a long-running series of movie adventures to come. The End. Oh, Serenity the movie. Please tell me, how long was it between the series and the movie?
1: Uh, Well, the movie came out in 2005. I'd have to check which month exactly, but the the last episode that was actually broadcast on Fox was in 2001, I think, right at the end of 2001. So, uh, I mean, the episodes that were not broadcast then were broadcast on... Sci fi channel, I think, on this side of the pond in 2002. Um, so I think we're basically talking about three
0: year gap. It's mostly, I'm thinking in terms of the production gap. So, sure, yeah, um, and and yeah, actors, writers, ideas. It's like, I I, I don't know what to make of this, I really don't know what to make of this movie. It's <sighs> doesn't feel like firefly to me the show that i've come to watch it 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 definitely <laughs> come it, to watch yeah it, it definitely come you couldn't well, quite to, bring yourself to come to love <laughs> no i couldn't come to say come to love i i couldn't i i like it i i'm i'm i i have we can talk about that uh, towards the end as we as we wrap this up anyway but I understand that when a a TV series gets translated to a movie, those are different storytelling paradigms. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about old school 48, 50 minute single standalone episode TV or today's modern multi-story season arc kind of story. That is still a completely different beast than a movie. in in terms of setup, in terms of what it has to do, in terms of who you expect to be watching it. Um, All of those things make them different animals. They're they're a different, not saying one writer can't do them all, but just saying that when they sit down, they have to write it differently. So um, I I frequently find movies disappointing based on TV series. Um, Oh, God, yeah. Uh, well I
1: I'm, I'm just think of all those 90s duds, you know, like The Avengers or Mission Impossible or yeah. Wild Wild West. Oh, then, oh know, they no, went, no, no, Wild Wild West. Oh. <laughs> You're killing me. They went they went they went through a crazy crazy phase of just trying to remake everything from, you know, the classic 1960s ITC type shows into kind of big screen things and the people doing it clearly were utterly clueless about what it was that made the original shows charming
0: and endearing in the first place. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw one, a couple out here, though, because of the examples, or one example you gave and then one you didn't give. Um, the movies Wild Wild West, uh, well, we could use Avengers, too, although I have not actually managed to sit through that movie. Don't, please don't. don't. And I cannot stand uma thurman she is not a boil on the butt of uh diana rigg um it's like I, I don't think she's I, attractive I, I don't think she can act and i just can't believe they hired her for him but but, but i can't believe they hired her for that role but i
1: i, I mean kill bill fantastic you know i have no and ray finds i i i like him as an actor but horribly miscut I, I mean john steen yeah. I'll, I'll not go into the yeah, yeah, yeah. The By, I know the I, Avengers, but...
0: Yeah, you haven't reviewed that for your website, have you? Yeah. <laughs> you should for completism, but anyway, I'm, I'm just saying. Anyway, um, Brady Bunch movie, Wild the, Wild West. i yeah, uh, it's like that. Well, you're lucky. But, but there were loads but, of but, but those was, those it, it films, those films, they tried to be hip and trendy and retell them because quote-unquote modern audiences wouldn't accept the show as it was. The Brady Bunch is the most egregious example. The Brady Bunch was a light-hearted, pretty much vanilla sitcom about a family. Okay, fine. It had some famous tropes. Whoever it was that made the movie decided that they had to make it a parody of the original so that they played all the tropes for laughs from the wink, wink. You and I know this is this is crazy. And the Wild Wild West was kind of like that. They didn't. They didn't. But treat it seriously. Used, at least
1: they used something. I mean, it's almost like with these things, they take the title, yeah. and they take the names of the
0: characters, and then they make an entirely different movie. But yes, and and I. Totally against that, but I'll give a couple examples. Firefly is an example. I'll put Serenity as an example. Star Trek is an example where, at the very least, they were trying to recapture. I feel the show. It wasn't. This wasn't a sly. Oh, audiences won't take that stuff. This was a. No, audiences want more of this, and we're going to give it to them in movie form, right? So, yeah. so that's in its favor. That's definitely in its well, favor. I, also, I, yes. in its and favor is the, Josh the, the, you won't quite and, Be, and, well. And, I mean, being in control—it's not like handing it over to a completely different group of people and say, "Here, make a Firefly no, movie," right? No, and I, and I think that's one of the key points
1: about this one. It's it's the same, it's the same creative lead, and it's the same cast. So they know what it was that Firefly was about. They know what they're making, but then there are other, you know, um, the X Files. You know, again, mm-hmm. thinking about these things that made it on the big screen in the nineties. It's it's something that is still while it's an entertaining 90 minutes or so um as it, as as it goes to me it it really doesn't stack up against almost any kind of two-parter from the the TV series proper if you're sitting down and watching it on the small screen i would i would i would much rather watch those episodes so it it is, i think you're entirely right and i and it's something Whedon talks about and clearly thought about quite carefully in terms of developing this particular enterprise, making a film is a completely different beast from the the thing you cannot do. However much it's the thing that I actually want from this film, the thing you cannot do is make another episode of Firefly and just project it onto a, a cinema screen.
0: Right. And, and you know, for starters, Firefly didn't have enough people watching it to keep it on the air. It's not going to get enough movie ticket seats sold, tickets sold to to make the go. They've got to make it appeal to a wider audience and they've got to mm. not alienate that audience. And that explains a lot of the, uh, let's say, exposition um, in, in the story and a lot of the... Over the top, hey, let's just make them a shoot up up and chase them up and space them and blast them <laughs> film. And um, and I think it also, kind of as a standalone film, fails when it does try to bring back stuff you're supposed to know from the series. Just like the whole Mal and Anara stuff, they probably could have just left that out and would have had no bearing on this story whatsoever. It really didn't do anything. It was there because we can't have Firefly without Anara, Right? But but I kind of felt like that about Jane, Zoe, Wash, Book. <laughs> All of them were basically relegated to nothing in this story. This was well, the Mal River pa- show.
1: Yes. Yeah, well, it, yes, I think so. It's, it's what Whedon describes as being Mal's story told by River. And I think... Uh, it's another interesting thing about the way in which we developed the TV series, which started with five characters, but he expanded that to nine characters because he was thinking about television budgets and television production and he knew that he wouldn't have the money to hire in big guest casts every week and he wanted enough of an ensemble to play with that within the cast he had he would be able to tell a number of different stories now you're making a film which is going to play out over the course of two hours you don't have time to tell a number of different stories about nine characters Mm. so you are you are going to end up parking some of them that's that's kind of inevitable, and I think that's the reason that we get Book and Inara dumped off the ship. But you know, you know when we when we start off,
0: you know, in in um, a while back. So I don't know if anyone else listens, but there's a there's a channel called um, YouTube channel called Honest Trailers, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they've got one for probably for Serenity, if if not, probably even possibly for Firefly. But they were doing one on uh Kong Skull Island a while back. And the actual director came in to rip on his own film. And a, <laughs> a, and a point he made was that and I and he goes, and I hate this too. Like all current crops of films, we have too many characters, too many subplots because that's currently what is the Hollywood thinking about the way she do it. And and I got to thinking about it. And it's like, he does have way too many characters in that film. And, and you don't care about half of them. And they're just kind of wandering around and going, why have we got this plot? It's not advancing it. And I got to thinking about it. And a lot of films are like that now. So Firefly being, a, you know, 10 years older than modern films, um, you know, basically sidelined them. But I, you know, in a way it felt like they just had too many characters that they had to check in with. And, give a little give a little piece of story to it. it it's kind of at the beginning i guess of that um
1: it's i yes i think shift. i i mean it is it's not it's not the it's not the first film if you were making serenity the film series and you know this is this is Whedon's first film and later on he he goes to direct a uh, film that is again an ensemble an assemble even film that kicks off a, a series. I haven't seen it actually, so I'm not sure how, that I can make any direct comparisons there. But I, but what I what I would say is I don't think you would necessarily start with what you've got here because you've got a certain amount of baggage. Your freedom to do what you want to do is restricted. And what what Whedon's having to do is for the third time do the first episode again. And yeah dump a huge amount of information for the new audiences while trying to, you know, keep the story moving and ideally keep the the kind of Firefly Faithful happy. Although I guess the Firefly Faithful are just thinking, thank God it's back
0: because, you know, we thought it wouldn't be. Well, I, I will ask that question because I, I I genuinely don't know. Was it well received by the Faithful? I I don't I mean or do they find it problematic I, like I do and I'm not even the faithful I I I, mean
1: a- I, 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 I I see I'm not familiar with the, the Firefly fandom in the way that um I am familiar with say the Doctor Who fandom which I'm on the very 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 outer fringes of um <laughs> but it, but, you know at least I know something a little bit more about and you know even with the Doctor Who fandom ask me a question about how did they receive anything in that show? Because there is, there is no definitive answer. I thought you might have read about it
0: or, or heard it. What do you mean?
1: How read, fandom read about how, how, yeah. How, how, I mean, fire, how firefly it. fandom received that? I don't know how you would measure it. Um, there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, of, of uh, 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 positive feedback. There was a lot of, it's it's great to have these guys for two more hours and thank goodness our show's not dead was so, it also intended to be a farewell it was it was it was it was i mean it was doing multiple things it was intended to wrap wrap certain things up if this was all they got so rather than being sort of cut off mid run there is a chance to kind of bring certain story strands to a conclusion. Although I've been asking myself about this. I'll come back to it. Um, I don't know. There are any story strands that need wrapping up. But it was also hoped that it would be the first, as you know, as you speculated in our last discussion about it, it would be the first of a series of Serenity
0: films, but it didn't make its money back. Okay. Okay. So it didn't make its money back, and that means that uh, they're not going to greenlight any future movies. But if they'd had that in their mind, is, that, is has that got any bearing on killing off Book and Wash? I mean, were they unwilling to commit to such a thing? Or were they cleaning up the, the cast to be smaller for movie size or things like that? Are, any idea why those two left?
1: Uh, the- because <laughs> because Whedon killed them. Well,
0: sometimes you kill them because it's dramatic. Sometimes you kill them because they don't want to do the job. Um, Sometimes you kill them because they're old and sick. I mean, I didn't know if there was anything behind, behind it other than just, I've decided to kill off Wash. I mean, they telegraphed book like nobody's business. So that, to me, felt like a concession to the actor not being available. Or not wanting to be available. Nope. Because he he felt like we had to put him in this little separate story, and he shows up in a couple of scenes, and it, it's just as clear as day. And I did not know, it's as clear as day, that he was a dead man before this show was over. I, I, would just, I was just absolutely just lootly sure he was a dead man. I didn't see Wash coming, but... Um, so that's the one that felt like proper dramatic story telling that that's the one that felt like it came out of the script and not out of circumstance to me. Which one? Wash's death. That right. one seemed like the, that one seemed like, yeah. here's a good idea. I'll kill a character off. And the other one, it felt like I got to get rid of this guy. So let's give him a, give him a scene or two and off you go. And, kind of thing so i don't know if that was i
1: i I don't i don't think any of it was to do with availability i think it was all it was all to do with what was in the script i know that the the script originally didn't kill wash off and it was it was something that whedon felt was necessary so okay i'm gonna put my i'm gonna put my cards on the table here because i have it i have a Deeply, deeply ambivalent attitude to this film. I, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I am one of I'm one of those people who, even though when I watched Firefly, it was already I don't know ten or more years old. I guess I mean, yeah. I certainly didn't watch it at the time, and so the, the the movie was there available to me straight away. But I was one of these people who was like, I, fourteen episodes, not enough. I want more. I I'll get my get my hands on the movie, and so I did and watched it more or less straight away. And I was, I was very happy to, to have another couple a uh, couple of hours of time with the the, the crew of, of serenity. And there are things that I like, which I will come back to, but there are things that I profoundly, profoundly dislike about this film. One of them is "The Death of Wash.":
0: I can understand why. Um,
1: well, he's your favourite character. You played yeah. with dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, he, and it, to me,
1: it just it feels like a completely—it's not a dramatic death because it's an unnecessary. It's a surprising death. Yeah, but it—it's just like I need—I need to raise the stakes here, and I—the way to do it is—is is just to—to to kill off one of our favourite characters.
0: Well, it paves the way for the. Mal, Zoe, and Nara love triangle in the next film. (laughs) Please, Wash was always a problem um, when it came to that. I mean, I like Wash; he's definitely my favorite character, without doubt. And I, I didn't like it, but like you, I'm ambivalent towards this. This is this is not. It's not right. The movie just isn't right. It's something off about it compared to. There is, yes, and I am
1: going to come come back to some of the things that I think are think are off about it. But even if everything else had been got right, I feel like I would have had a I would have had a problem. It feels to me like it's 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 wasted because we we don't even really get to see the the consequences of it. Um, I mean, Mm. I like the way Gina Torres plays her reaction to it. I like the fact that they are in a life and death situation and zoe keeps that kind of warrior control that warrior cool she appears to be doing everything she is and it's only mal who knows her the best and knows her in these kind of combat situations who looks at her and say and i and, and just asked her are you here because he knows what's happened but beyond that there's almost no kind of there's no opportunity to 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 process it and part of that is there's so much in this film. It's, it packs so much into two hours. It's it's basically mm. Whedon's series three of Firefly, uh, you know, twenty episodes in two hours. And there isn't there isn't time to um,
0: and in a to way to really
1: explore I, any of it.
0: I didn't really. I felt like the film was too long <laughs> when I'm watching it. Um... There were there were the scenes like the, like I said they were like the kind of token scenes that they gave to the various characters, which maybe if he'd had a third series those would have been whole episodes or themes that they could have stretched out over over the course of a series like Mal and Inara. but but because they're here in this movie they're given a short shrift and they don't really too much to advance the story and then on the other hand we spend way way too much time watching river kick butt reavers kick butt people fighting firefights mm. things all of that is is too <clears throat> all that's wasted time um in terms of telling the story and i so it, it just it's it's uneven oh, and it's I'm, broken
1: it i i agree it's uneven i'm not i'm not going to entirely agree with what what I think was was wasted time in in this. I think for me. So, what's the point of this film? There are there are potentially loose ends in the TV series that we where we want to know where they're going to go. There's the whole Kaylee and Simon thing, you know. Is any, is is that ever going to go anywhere? But I kind of feel like we don't need that wrapped up. The whole point of these things is it is more enjoyable. When it's will they won't they than it is when you know the answer to that question. So I think the same goes for Malin and Ara, unless you're going to go somewhere with the whole Benedict and Beatrice thing and whether you're, I, you know, I can imagine it there being a sort of kill Claudio moment that would have been exciting, but it, it doesn't happen in this. And then there's the whole there's the whole blue sun thing, um, which more or less completely gets sidelined. In favour of the operative, which I kind of find a bit disappointing. You're going to have to remind me the Blue Sun. So, oh, um, Blue, the Blue Sun Corporation is, uh, it's a very it's a very powerful corporation that never ever gets any any kind of exploration in the TV series. The only way that you are aware of it is that there are Blue Sun logos. Uh, here and there and I, I always forget to, to spot them but actually uh, significantly apparently a couple of them are so if you remember in Shindig where River starts ta- uh, ripping the 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 labels off cans of food mm-hmm. they're blue sun manufactured cans and when River slashes Jane in yep. Ariel Jane's wearing a blue sun t-shirt and there's an episode that was never made, uh, which was going to be called Blue Sun, which was going to explore a bit more of the corporation, that would have revealed that the hands of Blue worked for Blue Sun. So there is some kind of corporate interest in what was going on with River.
0: (laughs) I can see the previously on Firefly opening montage of River attacking Blue Sun logos
1: I don't, in my I don't mind think they would ever even as we that speak because they're, they're, well, they're all, all they're purely doing is they're, is they're showing that, that River has some sort of a reaction
0: to this stuff. Right now, but they would have I, to do that when they got around to the episode Blue Sun to show you how clever they were because no, you know no, they no, would no, they, they absolutely because, that would no, be previously on Firefly and they would show you every last one no, of those scenes. No they absolutely wouldn't
1: because Why the not? reason that they were being so clever was because they knew this show would be going to DVD and the, the, the DVDs don't even include the previously on. This is the kind, this is the, these are the kind of Easter eggs that are entirely for the people who rewatch it dozens of times. Bear in mind that I've rewatched this several times and I still miss most of the, the blue sun references. You know, it, it's it's a reward to the dedicated. It's the kind of detail that I love. The point the point about where they're going with the blue sun thing is not so much the blue sun corporation as such, because if you didn't know what was in the the, the missing episode, you wouldn't you wouldn't know the connection. But it's the, it's the whole hands of blue thing. Who are who are the who are the assassins or operatives with the hands of blue and what? what lies behind what they have done to River. So by the end of Objects in Space, we know quite a lot about what River is and probably enough to infer why she has been pursued. And in a way, that's cool. Um, Maybe we don't need any more of the River story. But if anything, I want to know how that plays out. I want to know why they did what they did to her and what exactly they hope to do to her when they get her back. And obviously, how they're going to be thwarted by our heroes. Mm. So so in a way, that's kind of what this film does, except it ditches the whole Hands of Blue stuff, and it brings in the operative, who I guess is supposed to be another kind of super cool, sinister personification of the Alliance, in the he way feels that,
0: too much like the guy in objects in space.
1: I was gonna say, in the way that Jubal Early was, he's not the same. No. But he's an he is an individual who you know works works alone and is kind of a bit weird <laughs> and quite sinister, and yet at the same time in some ways quite sort of gentle. The thing is, and much as I loved Chiwetel Ejiofor, I found the character of the operative vastly, vastly less interesting than the character of um, Jubal Early and Richard Brooks' portrayal of him. So, although it wouldn't really have worked because they'd already beaten Early, in a sense, if they were going to do that thing again, they should have brought Richard Brooks back. Mm. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not particularly wild about that, that element of the film but what's worse about it and this is one of the one of the things that I that I think comes right back to our discussion of what the problem is with making films out of TV series and trying to serve two audiences and not really being able to be faithful to what what was on TV is that it's full of these retcons and I'm glad you alluded to them in the in in your intro because in some ways i think i just think they get kind of ignored in most of the the kind of criticism of serenity
0: they were screaming at me if you (laughs) if you if you if you
1: watch simon through firefly he is he is definitely a secretive character right at right from the start you get the sense he knows more about river and what's happened to river than he is letting on i didn't and you also get the sense that he doesn't trust the crew and the only above, above everything else what really matters to him is river and that that even as he starts to gain their friendship r- river above everything else so you could say okay this is a valid retcon we can We can say actually, Simon did know all this stuff, but he just wasn't letting it on but it doesn't read like that. It honestly no. doesn't read like that. No. What it reads like is simon Simon knows some stuff, and he yes, he is cautious, but he certainly doesn't know that much about what river is that you know when he discovers these things, like for example when uh, Kaylee explains in Objects in Space, what she's seen River do, shooting those other that it's it's not necessarily that Simon is surprised by those things but it, it's equally not that he was expecting it. it and above all he just doesn't want he doesn't want any, so if 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 he discovers it, yes he'll keep it secret but it's it's not like, oh he knew that all along and he yeah. knew she was some sort of psychic killer that he happened to have the the Secret code word. For yeah, you.
0: he he was he was. I, I I'll agree he didn't necessarily trust the crew. I didn't really, and so therefore, secretive may not be the right word. Just cautious. But I I felt like he was genuinely trying to affect the supremacy of a whole episode to actually figure out what the heck they did to him, and and at times yes. he would find things that he seems surprised by like the fact that they've been operating on her brain yet in this film she's i think still got the probe stuck in her brain uh yes. when he rescues her so i th- exactly. think he should have figured this out so exactly I- and
1: and and the, char- the character of simon is one of being a, a kind of mild-mannered he's 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 brilliantly intelligent and curious and he he wants to know what's ha- happened to River and he cares deeply about her, but he's also mild mannered and frankly a bit wet. And not and yet, not
0: the action hero. The, that the we Simon saw.
1: we see at the beginning is is the Ethan Hunt slash James Bond. Or you know, he in a way he's he's a kind of counterpart to Mal. He is the, the kind of square jawed, yes, action hero. And that's not Simon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you, and then you have the whole Mal Simon relationship, which echoes something that I think you had early on in the first couple of episodes, where Mal really wasn't ready to to, to trust Simon, this guy who had brought a stowaway on his ship and all the rest of it. But during the course of Firefly, during the and eight months, I think we have to come back to that. But during the period, which Simon and River have been on the ship. Mal has come unequivocally there are lit there are episodes where you can pinpoint the change in the relationship between Mal and Simon and Mal and River, where he has come to regard them as one hundred percent bona fide members of their crew yep and, and so done, done. this whole it 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 is it's the big reset button is pressed in order to create this this kind of tension and in order to, to generate the the plot of leaving Simon and River on the planet. And so that all of these retcons, all of these retcons really bug me because it's like you're undoing Firefly. You, and the whole mind? point about this is I want I want more Firefly. I don't want the Firefly I already
0: got to be unraveled. And here's another thing that now that you mentioned this. So the whole subplot of them, I'm going to leave you on Beaumont.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not only does it come to nothing because it comes to nothing, but it it works against the story because they dump them, and then Mal and Jane go off to do some business, and thirty seconds later, River walks into the same bar. And then so there they no just take her to back it. to. So they could have just she could have just gone along with them to the bar, saw the commercial, and flipped out, and it would have had the same effect entirely on the flow of the story. So it, it's kind of, <clears throat> it's very awkward in, in its uh, in its production. And I'm going to ask this question: um, We get the scene where Simon's talking with Kaylee at the end of this, and he's like, "Well, you know, everything I've done, I've done for River." <clears throat> Seriously, is that actually a believable excuse for not having sex with Kaylee? Because it isn't to me, <laughs> and that's not a that's not a Kaylee thing. That's just like, okay, you've done everything you can for River. You've you've broken her out. You've given up your life. You you look after her, but she sleeps. You're on a ship in deep space. You've got downtime. You have to eat. You have to go to the bathroom. You have you have time where. You are not sitting there watching river i think An I think argument- if you want
1: to be charitable, you could say that this is a headspace question that he hasn't paid any heed to what it is that he wants because he's been busy paying heed to what she <clears throat> wants. But obviously that's not terribly credible. I think the only thing we can conclude from it is that Simon has finally learned how to talk to women because Kaylee laps this stuff up. as part of his reset,
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> the Simon reset also. <laughs> oh, he yeah. got his bond at, he got his bond on here. He's action hero and ladies, man. Yeah. So, we're
1: <laughs> Well, in a, I mean, in a way they had, they had to bring Cady and Simon together.
0: They so had to do that for the crowd.
1: Kiss in the whole show. It, so, you know, that, that was, that was a crowd pleaser. I'm kind of okay with Simon finally learning how to, you know, how to say the right thing. And, how to basically express himself and, 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 you know, win the girl. Well,
0: everybody Fight. Fight. learns how to do that in that last few moments where you're about to be killed by savage murderers in a gunfight. I mean, that happens in every film, <laughs> Of course, film, you do. <laughs> this is the time where I just have to speak to you and not play the games because we're going to die, so I don't have to worry about the consequences of what I say. Yeah. So, um, I, there's a, there's a point about, um,
1: cliches i'm going to come back to you i'm just going to i'm going to pick up on one last retcon mm-hmm. that bugs me just to finish the point about retconning which is the river retcon because i i i made a big point about it last last time we talked it, discussing objects in space because it kind of surprised me how ambiguous objects in space is about yes rivers psychic abilities Partly because Object in Space is regarded as being the episode in which that is the big reveal. But also, partly because here you get a huge retcon in the sense that River is unquestionably a psychic. Yes. Simon knows she's a psychic right at the beginning. And by the you know, by the time we get back to the present day aboard the ship. Mal is using the fact that she is a reader. Now, that, that I don't necessarily have a problem, that, she, you know, that she, she is a reader is something that you get a sense that Mal is thinking is useful in objects in space. But at the end of Object in space, what being a reader means is still a kind of slightly questionable thing. Is she just highly, highly intuitive? Or is there something working on a telepathic level here? Mm-hmm. We're not quite sure. And it's not clear that even River knows that because the way in which she experiences it is not a direct, um, you know, oh, I can project my mind and I can find out these things. But at the start of Serenity, suddenly she's the kind of classic multi purpose psychic that you get in all kind of bad sci fi. She has the ability to just basically absorb all of the secrets that are in someone's minds when they happen to be close by as these politicians came along they weren't even necessarily thinking the thoughts that she supposedly absorbed while mm-hmm. she was close to them you know so it's not even like she's sensing someone's fear or someone's excitement or all those other kinds of things where where she obviously did have the capabilities for being very not only very intuitive but maybe slightly beyond that and and you know it's the kind of thing where i thought well okay maybe when she's in the in the robbery scene yes it's believable she she picks out the the person who's going to be a a hero because they are thinking that in in, in there so that's the kind of thing which i believe yeah okay i, I get that but but no it's got to be the no she's a psychic sponge plus you know the sort of multi-purpose reaver detector Because, obviously, she's psychic, therefore she's magic. And so if Reavers land on the planet, she's going to know about it straight away. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Why? Why? It's just... Because you have to to introduce it to the audience and there's no ambiguity in a movie audience. There's no subtlety there.
1: Yes, it's no subtlety in a movie audience.
0: And I think that's... I think... Well, didn't you say that when we watched Object in Space, that even Whedon considered that to be the episode where he revealed that she's a psychic? Yes. See, and, and yes. I agree with you. It's not true in that episode. You, you could, if, if the creator didn't tell you that, you could still walk away and make a very good argument that says, no, she picked up everything we saw from things that she was exposed to. And if she'd been Sherlock Holmes, he could have done it too. Because yes. that's exactly the kind of, hyper observational skills that would allow uh that kind of uh creepy interpretation uh but here we obviously it's like all right i gotta hit him with a head then let's let's use the word yes yes and and i don't i i i want to be clear i don't have a
1: problem with river being psychic if the tv had developed a a kind of an extension to her abilities that demonstrated in some way something that she could do that would not be possible without telepathic ability that would be fine as long as it was consistent with the way she'd been portrayed and the way she'd experienced her supposed telepathy. Whedon said said, you know he was cool with making her psychic he wasn't going to go as far as making her capable of being absorbed into the ship in you know in objects in space so he he was he was envisioning a development for river that i think was along the line of making her a telepath it's just it's just that kind of once you're what it is hitting hitting them over the head once you're a psychic you know you no longer bother to think about what that means you no longer bother <laughs> to think about what that how that works or how the person who is psychic experiences or or indeed how everyone around her experiences it and
0: i think it's such a waste i think we may have mentioned this, or I may have mentioned this before. I know you haven't gotten around to watching Babylon Five, and and, and there are other shows. I'm, I'm not trying to put them as groundbreaking, but psychics are real, mm-hmm. and they have to deal with that. That's a that's a political problem. People don't yeah. like other people who can read their minds. Quite. There is there is discrimination. There are laws and regulations. There is policing, and uh, there are gross implications for. Thought police and and all manner of bad things that if psychics were real, you'd really have to create a, a, a societal framework around that. And, uh, and you know, there's different ways of going about it. And some of that's explored in Babylon 5. But, you know, making it the magic, I'm a psychic, I can do this when we need something, is always unsuccessful, uh, in yeah. my opinion. And, and, and in this, ugh, I... I and and all of, all of it, every bit of it, all of this is it's all because of Miranda. Everything that they wanted to hunt her down for, everything that they wanted her back was just because she might accidentally know that one single secret. Because apparently see, they're afraid to let her go after that. Okay, whatever. Well, yeah,
1: yeah, I, yes, and, and indeed, I, I have a I have a problem with that. I don't think it's an unfixable problem because this is this is. Whedon's got two a further two years of, of Firefly mapped out in his head, and he's drawing the the film from that. and And according to the interview that I've read with him, this is this is what would have happened in the in the TV series. But it doesn't work as an explanation for what we've seen so far because it's a fundamentally different motive. If you're trying to keep a secret that river happens to have in her head there's no reason why anytime you come across serenity you don't just blow it up yep which isn't what happens in firefly what we what we see is in as in as much as we we the you know the alliance pursue river and simon what they're trying to do is get river back which is consistent with the idea of river being a a, a project a, a a weapon of of some sort, which you know she clearly is, and for all sorts of reasons, you can see why they would want to get that, their hands on her. Okay, maybe as a last resort, they might decide to destroy her rather than let anyone else get their get their hands mm. on her or leave her loose. But that's what where Whereas this is a this is absolutely a completely different motive. Now it's not that it's perfectly possible for these things to to work alongside each other. It's possible that. You know, th- two series, three series into Firefly, somehow the Alliance discover that not only is this walking weapon still out there, but while they had her in their labs, she discovered this secret, and that's an even bigger problem. And therefore, they're going to to raise the stakes and try and take her out. And okay, there you go. You've got a, a an arc that could be good for a a season run, but. It's it's just crammed in here. It doesn't it doesn't fit and it doesn't explain what came
0: before. Okay, so let me ask this question then. And I is so they're trying to create a weapon, but frankly, what we see, um, sure, it's it's a weapon, but it's not the kind of weapon that's particularly tactically very good. Uh, it's a berserker, and if you're a very good berserker, but it's a berserker, and. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't are, say that. Are we? Are we? Would it make more sense in this story if the intent was that River is an anti-Reaver weapon? That's why she'd know about Miranda. That's why she's psychically sort of clues in when they're nearby. Um, it. it right,
1: well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think you're fi- you're fixing problems that didn't need to be there my I'm my angry, my but... my, str- my strong feeling about about what um about what we see in war stories and about what we see in serenity the movie is that there is clear evidence that if you had an army of rivers you would have a very formidable army so she's a successful experiment and they want to get their hands on her in order to work out what went right and in order to replicate it and to me that does that that is credible, and you know, I will say one of the things that I really like about Serenity, the movie, that you that was on your list of, of things that were wrong with it, is the whole river beating lots of people up thing, which is, you know, why I sent you the the XKCD yeah, I- cartoon, which I hope we can put in in the in the show notes, which basically proposes that the ideal action movie would be 30 seconds of dialogue followed by 90, mi- 90 minutes of River Tam beating everyone up.
0: I guess my problem with it was that, yes, it's there to show that she's been launched out of control and that she is capable of, of wiping out a room full of people. Um, but there's a couple things, the reasons I feel it's a wasting of time. Uh, one is, I just don't think it's a very good job. Um, cinematography, staging, choreography, it's pedestrian at oh, best. Really, I um, can't agree with that. They should have hired Jackie Chan. and um, I think
1: she's amazing. I really genuinely think she's amazing. She, she's, and the fact, the fact, the fact that she is the, she is the kind of sort of the lead in this film is, is one of the best things about it. Because she she doesn't she's but she's a background she's a ballet dancer she gets hired for I don't know a Whedon uses her on an Angel or something and then she gets this role this recurring role in this TV series where she well I was going to say she barely gets to use her her um, dancing skills but actually
0: no yeah, her she,
1: physicality she, her physicality is pretty important in in a number of scenes but I don't want to downplay that. But when it comes to action sequences, she is awesome.
0: She's very flexible. Uh, oh how about that? <laughs> well, and part of an action and the scene, scene and the, and the, is also the editing and and the way it's shot. And it's not about it's not about whether the actress can can throw a punch is. with it, her it, foot. It, it is. It's about how they it, assemble it and it's just was not It is
1: because, because you can assemble it without So normally you get an action sequence like that And you have to do a lot of cutting between shots In order to hide the fact that you cannot do A whole sequence of, you know, kicks and punches In a single take Because most people can't do that But she can Pioneered
0: in Dr. No, by the way um, Prior to that, fights were not uh, not quite so cut up and hacked Doctor Noah and From Russia Would Love. That oh, you way. mean
1: that? That's that's where the editing came from.
0: That's where the idea, yeah, of that kind of yeah. fight scene. Prior to that, in movies they were more stand up, uh, punch them up. Yeah, yeah. N- you know, not the fast paced cutting kind of thing. Um, you can you, particularly in well, particularly the fight with Red Grant and From Russia Would Love demonstrates that uh, in the train. That's that's yes. a. Uh, standout example of, of it's it's terrific it's it.
1: terrific but I, I don't i don't want to i don't want to disrespect um you know some brilliantly edited fight scenes but there is also i think something impressive when you don't have to do the cutting in you know you could you can actually when you actually get someone who is capable of doing a whole sequence of moves and uh, you know, apparently, one of the things that that Whedon said is she got faster and faster. The more takes she did, the faster she got. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. She
0: gets confident with it. Yes. Somebody who's yeah. got that kind she, of skill. It's like practice. Be,
1: because this the, the stunt the stunt director on one of the the documentaries on the on the disc said, "Oh, um, she just kicked someone in the head, which is great because now she's realised what the extent of her." you know, how how close she can get. (laughs) I'm I'm feeling this isn't great. This is bad for the guy she just kicks in the head. But now she knows how far she can go and her confidence increases. And so, she yeah, she gets faster and faster. So I I think that is one of the big successes of the movie. I, I particularly like the bar sequence because it's just hilarious seeing her beat up Jane. I think the, the beating up of the reavers is less successful because there, because a there is more cutting, and b there is a load of other extraneous action that feels to me totally
0: unnecessary. There was a lot of, there was a lot of in the the reaver fight. There were a lot of times when she would land a blow, whether it was with a sword or something. I'm like, y- you should have killed them in that spot and not but that they're doing that thing where you punch them they they stand back and then they come in again it's it's you know they kind of like wait their turn for the next one to come yep. in and fight and it it very very unconvincing for a slaughtering killing machine um in in that case to me you know she should have shown no mercy and no no quarter and ultimately in the end that's exactly what happened she did kill them all but you couldn't tell that from what we saw of the fight. It looked more like a good guy fight where you're trying to subdue them, not kill them. <clears throat> but all right. uh, let me, let me. But that, that, uh,
1: to me, that wasn't, that, that wasn't as bad as the fact that you, you simultaneously, you had this whole, this is where it comes back to cliches, right? That, that you had to have the showdown between the hero, Mal, and the baddie, the operative. And, the getting across the chasm to the central place where you put the thing. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was, yeah. How many films is that? I, I I can't even think of the films it's been done because it makes me think of Toy Story Two, which is sending them all up, except Toy Story Two was six years earlier than this. Mm-hmm. So
0: how come films are still doing it? There's no excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, in regards to that fight at the end too, I disliked the oh, I got wounded in that corner of my back and had my nerves moved or whatever the heck it was. Yeah, that,
1: yeah.
0: Th- I mean, that was... <sighs> Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, I didn't particularly appreciate the ending of that one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of roll back to the beginning of my notes and I'm going to uh, probably cover some things that we covered before so we can just kind of zip past them, but I just want to make sure I caught everything along the way and feel free to expound along you know we talked about being a movie the cinematography is very different and the ship is very different um it's bigger Which and i don't strange, like it isn't it yeah and i don't like it it's the same ship i find that hard to believe i find that hard to you believe. Mean, Mal's like quarters are like huge internally the thing looks yeah. 10 times bigger than it did before the quarters that that they're in look Huge in comparison. The cargo bay looks so much bigger than the, even the bridge is now double wide. And I agree. Um, see the thing is Whedon, and really, that doesn't, Whedon really
1: likes wide angle lenses. And that does he, not he, work. He, he talks about he he talks about how much he likes shooting with those lenses, but, but he he kept the sets from the TV show that he knew he wanted to make a film as soon as it was cancelled.
0: And so I am pretty sure that these are the original sets. They're redressed. They gotta be. They've got a lot more doodads and thingamabobbies and 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 bars. And well, obviously, some things get upgraded
1: in the sense that um, you know the what do you might call it has
0: ceased to have wheels and is now a hovercraft. Oh, the mule. But yeah, that that the mule. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think here's here's my problem with the fact that it looks so much bigger. Um it makes sense that it's small right from a yes. from a standpoint i mean this is a small ship you don't you don't have the luxury of space the more space and air you have to haul around the the more illogical the whole economic equation becomes and absolutely the 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 feel of it being small on tv and i'd swear that some of those sets are completely new but i just it this one just doesn't come off as a cargo ship anymore it, it comes off as like hey we got budget let's redo it uh we got to get the big aeroflex cameras in and and work through this one so i i, I don't know I, I i didn't particularly but anyway i feel it just didn't look as real because of that reason also lots more japanese in this oh i didn't spot i can't, that. but yes i can't say i noticed any japanese in the original series. It was all Chinese characters. Now, obviously, there's Chinese characters, and then there's a lot of Japanese characters. It's the same as Chinese characters. But there's also some very unique Japanese characters. And never saw any uh, katakana or hiragana in the series. Could be have missed it? Don't know. But it stood out and screamed at me in this one. And like, well, that's odd, because I can read a little hiragana and katakana. So... And looking at those things, before I married a Taiwanese person and started learning Chinese, I was working on Japanese because it's like so my my foreign languages brain is thoroughly messed up now. But I can tell the difference between Japanese and Chinese. (laughs) That that is the one thing I can do. Um, Because I can't I I can't
1: necessarily. There's obviously the general thing, which is there's the fusion of cultures in here. And we've got the kind of geisha stuff in the companion Mm -hmm. training, yada, yada, yada. But the main plot point and the reason you've got it in, which I think carries over to the film, is you've got the
0: alliance, which is the Americans and the Chinese. And that makes sense to me, because those are the, you know, particularly at the time this series was made, mm-hmm. that seemed to be the future dominant. And by this point, Japan wasn't also ran. They were they were done. Um, when I was in the 80s, it was a huge deal uh, around here, anyway. Uh, a lot of people wanted their kids to learn Japanese because they thought Japan was going to be a big player. Not that not that Japan is small, but they thought they were going to be a much bigger player in economic prosperity for their kids. Now it's all now it's all Chinese, right? Japan is they they had their economy collapse in the eighties, and mm-hmm. and then that was it. And I. I don't see them as being a big part of the melange of, of melange. Is that the right word? Well, blamange. I, I don't know. The, of cultures going forward. It, it kind of made sense that it would be um, English and Chinese at that time. Um, I, I think the expanse has done it even one better um, in their kind of generating an almost unintelligible speech uh from mm-hmm. from the mess of the rest of the world but uh particularly all the exploited and downtrodden people who are the ones that are doing all the work but uh anyway um <laughs> let's see i already mentioned that i find simon's knowledge of what was doing was very problematic we had that at great length um yep. mal seems to be driven to the edge in this episode um even towards the beginning of it like when he dumps the guy yeah. to the reavers so he it's calls a, it's him a, on it, it.
1: The dumping the guy to the Reavers thing is, because uh, we've talked about it a lot, Mal not being a hero hero. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've got that, that line that Zoe has about is someone who gets everyone killed. Certainly early, earlier on in the, in the Firefly series, Mal does some fairly anti-hero type things. I kind of think this is another some, something of a reset, but less of a problematic one for me. It makes why... him into the not hero, and then by the end of it, when he doesn't, when he chooses not to kill the operative, you know, he's he's back to where he was when we're reaching
0: the end of the original run. And yet, Zoe calls him on it, and that doesn't seem like her place. She seems like she would have backed him. Yeah, to me. So the, that... the the
1: the other the other thing that I think is is going on there which i don't think comes across very well is that mal has himself changed and it would be if it had been done better it would be a way of explaining the reset of the mal simon relationship which i found so problematic which is and there's a line kaylee has something about mal pushing everyone away yeah so he's 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 throwing Simon and River off this ship, and he and, and she thinks he's just going to keep pushing people around him away because that's what he's done since Inara left. Oh, it's it's not made especially clear Inara because Inara other, other, other people aren't reacting. The, I think the, pr- the other problem with that is that's not why Inara
0: left. No, but they we might think Inara that. Left. We know, but they don't necessarily. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't take it that we way at the know. time, but now that you mention it, I remember Kaylee's line, but it was like, is she, is he really pushing everyone away? Is, are we supposed well, to the, think it, that Mal is, is somehow more intense than he used to be about? I,
1: I don't know. I don't know. It would make, it would make sense if we had something in there, some clearer reactions to show that that was what was going on. But I don't think we do. Okay.
0: And I do like the inter- fact that he inter- shot the operative. I mean that that fit perfectly. The guy's threatening him, and he and he shoots him unsuccessfully. Yeah. Should have shot him again in the face immediately thereafter, <laughs> um, which is the flaw in that. But <clears throat> the guy gets up, you pop one in the face. Then I mean, normally you should take the headshot or the you should take the body shot because that's you know bigger target, but failing to work that. Uh-
1: <laughs> just just picking just picking up on uh, on that question of, of Inara's departure the reason we the reason we know in our that in uh, the reason inara's left that we know is the reason in heart of gold so right get that ending to heart of gold inara's leaving objects in space inara is planning her departure and nobody knows the, except now yeah the, so the, this is this is one of the things that we that we can now come back to the The episode sequence of the last four episodes the original intended episode so forget about the broadcast order because that's complete bollocks but we know that in production order heart of gold and objects in space were made before trash and the message the message was the last one that is made and so an obvious interpretation is that that was the sequence that they were supposed to go in Heart of gold, objects in space, trash, and then the message. The problem with that theory is that it doesn't. There's nothing in trash to address Inara's planning to leave in objects in space. Right. So that. So that's that's the flaw. So the alternative is they were always intended to be the way they were put onto the DVD rather than they were just put onto the DVD that way because they thought it fitted neatly afterwards. So trash, the message, heart of gold, and then objects in space. The argument against that is that there is a line in um, trash where River says, I can kill you with my brain, which it is argued is... A reference to her psychic abilities revealed in objects in space. Now, for reasons that I've said, I don't think that that is nearly as clear cut as people claim it is. Yeah. Because it's, to me, it's not clear that she has got psychic abilities in objects in space. And also, there's all sorts of speculation about her, her you know, is she psychic? How come she knows things? There's even a discussion in objects in space. She knows things that she shouldn't know. So there's already that question mark over it, and River just says weird things all the time. So, yep. to me, that doesn't that doesn't prove anything. Nor does the 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 um, reference to her in the message is a mind reading genius that that can't eat an ice planet. So ultimately, what Serenity does is it puts to bed that argument. It's trashed the message, Heart of Gold, then objects in space because. It proves that Inara does actually leave. So this follows on from objects in space. Inara leaves. Yep. And therefore, even if it is a retcon, that is the correct ordering of the episodes. Descend from
0: soapbox. <laughs> I think it's a. <clears throat> I think it's a fine interpretation. <clears throat> I'll, I'll accept. It's not that, that one. controversial, obviously, because that, yeah. that's the sequence that you get them on the DVDs and everything. But there you go. <clears throat> Um. as we leave the film is River the new pilot we're not going to yep. replace Wash okay is okay, Jane now completely so. useless because I mean he was always the blunt instrument and now they've got much better one uh, well that's that would be an interesting uh,
1: thing to explore and I think that there are a couple of things that would have been interesting I mean okay so Jane's Jane's also been slightly reset in this because mm-hmm. he, he the events the the showdown between Mal and Jane in Ariel doesn't seem to have happened. He's he's not as like Mal isn't as down on him if he if he threatens or talks about leaving River and Simon behind, and he obviously goes and tries to get River and do something to her. Yeah, that that's a bit disappointing in terms of Jane's development. There, there's a really really interesting moment with River in this, which follows on from Jane letting her out, which is. When Simon goes to, to fight, the rest of the crew run, crew run off because she shut the the door. Simon goes to the door, and River opens it, apparently because she trusts Simon. And Simon, uh, sorry, River takes Simon out, and it's 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 a moment that for me has got a lot of potential because the whole there's, there's this whole through line again, it, it kind of comes from the, the series, but there's this whole through line about River would not harm the crew. And then Jane's all like, well, what about me being slashed? There's our conversation objects in space. But in particular, River would never harm Simon. And I want to know what Simon's reaction to that is. The fact that when she is, you know, she's in full on psycho mode, She's not even safe to him. How would he react to that?
0: Well, but, but she didn't take him out exactly. She took his voice out. It was a strategic yeah, strike. Okay. So I, I'm going to say that for a guy but who she passed, up, passed up eight months of sex with Kaylee <laughs> because of his concern for his sister, he's going to forgive her for that. He's just going to go, no, yeah, he yeah, does, right, he I does, get
1: it. He does forgive her, but, and, he do, and he does. There's an explanation. He goes, yeah, all right, I get it it's it's just i thought there was potential there i thought there was something interesting to explore but no it wasn't going to go there yeah i will i will i will come back to the 8 months
0: <laughs> how, I knew you I, I wanted to remind you of that cuz i knew that was that was bugging you somehow how um, how long passes during firefly well, i have no idea
1: I didn't count it but i know they take weeks or weeks and months no, but how to long travel does it from one to I, I can tell you i can tell you what the minimum is, because I didn't count it either. But somebody else. There's did. Def- there's there's. Well, no. no. So I, I mean, probably yes, but I don't know who. All I all I've got is that Saffron says to Mal. No, I think no. Mal Mal says something to to Saffron about coming across her half a year ago. So there's half a year. There's roughly speaking 6 months between our Mrs Reynolds and trash okay yeah so I... that only that only so that that doesn't leave any time for for the crew to assemble and reach the point where they have the adventure in our Mrs Reynolds and then Inara and Book have to leave and have only been gone for under 2 months yeah it doesn't it it doesn't fit
0: it, it and it's didn't all sound right when he said eight
1: months either. It, it's all that. And again, it's it's a timescale for the movie, which could work within the, the parameters of the movie. But as soon as you take the TV series into consideration, it feels like there's no way that all of that character development could have happened inside eight months. And in particular, the growth of the relationships between Simon and River and indeed Book and the rest of the crew.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no that that eight months is definitely a problem, and and when they said eight months, I I mean I I let it pass, but it crossed my mind. It's like really eight months. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure they were on a cattle drive for for one, for <laughs> yes. you know they were hauling cow for either four or six weeks at one point. So you know at one point where they tell us that that's a run. And you look at it and you go, well, that's fine. That's that's a reasonable kind of thing that a freighter would do.
1: Yeah, um, because you get, so therefore you get the they've done. They...
0: You know, this must be two or three years at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they... Well, well, that would sound reasonable. I wouldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't put my finger on it. But they they've spent a lot of time in between the exciting bits that we see, just playing cards and not eating, having sex with Kaylee, not yeah, exactly, and. Yeah, generally. So, I mean, eight months is not a, a trivial amount of time, but they've got, I, I, f- I feel like it's eight, nine, ten, ten, you know, it's got to be close to a year between Serenity, the original Serenity, and object in Space. And then Inara and Book have they, they've each gone and established their own kind of new new lives. Yeah. And, and, and Mal has gone off the rails yeah. and all the rest of it. You need another few months for that to happen. So I'm thinking eight, eight months,
0: you've got to double that at least. Well, Inaris doesn't seem like it could had to be that long. I mean, she could have been no, off perhaps. on that planet but for, book, uh, for book, a couple of weeks. Book. But Book sounds like he set up a yeah. whole colony
1: there. Yes, exactly so. Exactly so. Also, while we're on resets and books, Book... There's that line that Mal has. Uh, you know I always look to you for counsel. Well yeah, not in Firefly he doesn't. No. no. So if that if that if that was ever something, that has to happen in entirely in unseen adventures. So you can add on another few a few months for Mal's developing respect for this man of religion.
0: I All do want to make bring up that line. and mean you talk about you never mention how you tell it know all this stuff. You have to tell me about that someday. No, I don't. Which, you know, is yet another line that presaged his death. Um he's gonna take that secret with him to his grave. Um Yeah I wanted to bring it and mention it. Uh let's see. Yeah, you know I don't I have nothing to say about Jane Zoe Wash, really? I mean, except for his death. They just they were just there. Um book was that was just kind of weird, Inara. Again, nothing. Um, what I will say about
1: Inara is that I. Another thing I really liked was how Mal just knows that it's a trap from the conversation that they have. Is that because he knows she'd never call him, or is that because the the I, I think it's just a sense the whole conversation is wrong. That there's some there's some. Something about the whole conversation, and that they're both they're both playing it, but okay. you know that they're also both registering. So I think Inara knows that Mal knows that there is something wrong, and Mal obviously does know that there is something wrong, and oh. pretty much everyone else watching it knew that there was something wrong. But the conversation itself, you could, on one level, just read it as a as an awkward conversation between X's or whatever. Well, they're not
0: X's, but you know. Yeah, ex-wannabes. Wannabe exes. Um, So one thing I wanted to ask about. There's a discussion here with Mal and Book. There's discussion here about the operative. There is conversation about belief. The operative believes in something. Book mm-hmm. is insistent that Mal has to find something to believe in, to believe in, which could be believe in himself, believe in God, believe in whatever. What exactly... Looking at the operator to start with, what was it that he believed that that he's he's making a new better world by being a terrible monster to get there? he believes the alliances he so it's
1: the i mean we talked about we talked about the whole setup right at the beginning of of the uh, discussions about the show where you've got you've got you've got mal the loser on the confederate side basically and then you've got the the winners who are creating a better world they you know they they are creating prosperity for their people they're providing healthcare they're providing education there's there's political stability and all the rest of it and Whedon doesn't I, I in in my view it's one of the one of the strengths certainly of the TV series he doesn't shy away from saying actually all of that is a good it's a good thing on the other hand you've got you've got mal who is this kind of bandit outlaw on the fringes of it scuffling around and making a living by robbing people and doing things that are pretty unheroic but at the same time he does good things and parts of the alliance do bad things so i think what he's trying to suggest with the operative is this view that the operative have, that there are things that have to be done in order to create this wonderful new world, the prosperity that the Alliance will bring, that are not in themselves wonderful. And he's sort of sacrificing his soul uh, to do that stuff. He knows he's not good enough for the new world that he's creating. And yet he believes in this new world enough to do
0: it despite that. That's the weird part to me is is that i mean we know that you know the ends don't justify the means and that's a pretty common um, theme here's one where the person says the i know the ends don't justify or the mean the ends do justify the means i just don't get to enjoy it i don't yeah. get to be part of it and that's a that is an unusual take but so my question is they make a lot i feel a lot it comes up twice in the course of the episode or in the movie and never came up in a in the series, that Mal was a volunteer at the Battle of Serenity. Mm-hmm. And by the end of this story, you know, I've got to get the word out. I've got to to let people know. I've got to do this thing. Have we, have we taken Mal by the end of this film from guy who just kind of wants to do his own thing to have found his crusade? Define the thing that he I, yeah, believes in. Yeah, I think in. so.
1: Because the, the, TV, the TV series, in some sense, is about about him rediscovering that, having, you know, the beaten man, disillusioned man, kind of, kind, he he follows his code, but he, he rediscovers his inner hero of some sort, I guess. I think the film attempts to do that as well. It mm. just tries to do it in under two hours. And it just... It can never be as satisfying because it doesn't have the scope to to
0: fully explore that journey in the time available. All right. The other thing that was, and I'm going to use the word interesting in air quotes, but but relevant <laughs> or worthy of talking about or or significant, however you want to look at it, is the Reavers. The revelation mm-hmm. that the Reavers are the results of a, an evil alliance pacification program. And let's face it, we have well, reached a point not where it's necessarily. evil. It, I, mean, I think it, it, mind it control is. is
1: yeah well yes or it's it's an attempt to, it's an attempt that's got i mean i agree i agree it's i agree it's evil and it's bad and wrong but it's it's motivated by trying to make society more peaceful and more harmonious to reduce crime and all the rest of it and yes again it comes back to the ends don't justify the means, but there is i, I it, it's another of the things I, I do like about this this story. The I, I'm not overly fond of the the Reavers, um, largely, I guess, because I didn't particularly like the episode. Oh, I've forgotten the name of it now. Not band. Serenity. Uh, no, the, Serenity is where they first appear, but then
0: oh, the one with the the, the episode Booby Trap? Of
1: the, um, the other the other Reaver episode, which to me is the weakest episode of of Firefly the series and is probably on a par with Serenity the movie um but I, having you know having having said that if you're going to have an origin story for the Reavers this kind of works for me i like it being a failed experiment that was intended to do something else rather than it being you know another attempt to create super warriors or something
0: it- make sense of the idea that they don't even acknowledge that the Reavers are a real phenomena. Um, it um, it also, it helps. I mean, I would say, if it's a retcon, if this is not what he had in mind, it helps a lot. Because I had trouble with Reavers because I just don't believe them. I don't believe that yeah. that you can devolve into that kind of cannibalistic uh monstrous beings and still maintain yourselves as a spacefaring functioning species i mean people who haven't done that can barely keep their horses going and but the reavers have got a fleet which doesn't make any sense it now kind of makes sense that there won't be any more reavers that that these are all the people who were on the planet because it doesn't sound like an epigenetic thing Doesn't sound like something that they can, that they can inherit, if if indeed reavers have reaver children, Um, unless they're exposed to the gas that triggered whatever their genetic difference was. Um, Did we get rid of
1: them? I I don't think so. I don't think so. They may have been diminished in number, um, but it's why hasn't the alliance wiped them out? Came through.
0: They're all sitting out there in the in a big pile where everyone knows Reaver space is why didn't the Alliance go wipe them out? Cause they don't seem like they should be a match. I, I I'm, I'm having trouble with that, that whole premise, I, but, and why don't I they don't live know, on the planet? They got, they're sitting out there just outside of a planet with their whole fleet. Why don't they go? It's definitely gotta be. But I don't
1: think it is a fleet. I don't think it is a fleet. I think, I think what we get in this one is that, that is that Miranda is in Reaver space and Reva space is just where they kind of hang out but they but what they do because they because they're not a, a kind of productive society they're not farming or anything like that they are going off and raiding other planets and other ships and and so on and so forth so it just happens there's a high concentration of them there it's not it's not the case that all of them are there what i like about it is that there is a good explanation for why miranda actually is in the heart of Reaver space, but it's just you know where they where they originate from. And and I would be very surprised if this was this element was a retcon. I think this is the idea behind the Reavers all the way through. And I find there are there are some things that the movie does for me, which is why I in some ways I actually like it, that it changes the way that I view the TV series. So some of the things about knowing knowing what river is capable some of the things about knowing where the Reavers come from, when you watch some of the episodes that deal with those things in the TV series, they now make more sense through having that explanation. Hmm.
0: Well, like I said, I, if retcon or not, as, as explanations go, it's, it works for me at least why they exist. Maybe not how they operate exactly, but, but it works for me. Um, and I think that's everything I have on the movie itself. I,
1: the only thing I, I can—I mean, obviously, like I say, there are a lot of things that don't sit well with me in it. There are some things that I like, but overall, it is—it's it, a kind of disappointing way to end. But I think maybe everything would have been better if it had horses in it.
0: <laughs> and I, you know something—I'll I give this. The fact that they upgraded stuff like the mule and it's a lot more high-techy and spacey made the whole premise of there being horses even less plausible. I'd rather have me. had the horses. Yes. Yeah. I'd rather have had the horses. But, um, so I have one question about the, the, the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, There is a lot of, as far as I can tell, in fandom complaining about... How the network's interference screwed stuff up. Yes, would that would you say that's a is that's a, a viable option? And I hear that about other shows. You hear it about Star Trek a lot. Uh, they the network didn't like it. The network did things like cutting their budget or putting them on the death slot on Friday nights or or whatever it happens to be. There's there's always a there's always a complaint about about networks. So it's it's not unique. But the question is clearly the networks did things to the show. It changed because it is a collaborative process. And if you want to put a show on the network, you have to play by the rules. And that's part of the game. Obviously, the fans of the show love the show as it is. Clearly, they think it could be better in some way without the interference of the network. But are they, I guess what I'm getting at here is, are they right? Well, yeah, that that's that's a good question. Or are they holding up something that never existed because the uninterfered version never existed? There is no such thing as that's Firefly a, yes. that wasn't interfered. So are they holding this imaginary show Firefly that does that not it. exist up as the shining beacon of amazing television instead of think... the show itself as it as it's Stood on its own two legs as it existed.
1: I, I see. I don't. I don't think that they are actually that dissatisfied with the show. I think. I think the 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 Firefly fandom or the sense I get of it is that they love Firefly as it is, and they don't necessarily see imperfections of it resulting from interference by the network. The main complaint that you get is that the network. The network did two things they they messed with the scheduling which is a you know a common thing but in particular the episode order and they they ordered a show from Whedon that wasn't actually the show that they wanted they wanted some sort of action adventure and Whedon wanted to make a (laughs) A a story about nine people looking into the blackness of space. He wanted something that was a Western, which they were terrified of. And he wanted something darker. And I'm not sure that those tensions (laughs) didn't improve the show, because I, I think you're absolutely on the money when you say there is no platonic Firefly. There is only the show that was actually made. But I don't think there's any doubt that it did have an effect on the way that it was marketed. And I think that may have been very problematic. I mean, it's very hard to know what what fandom as a whole thinks. I've got a book of critical essays here, many of which do kind of draw out the points that either Whedon or the networks were barking up the wrong tree as they were pulling in different directions. But I don't personally agree with that. I think... I think the show we we got was probably better for the the creative tensions that existed there. I just wish that more people had watched it.
0: It's it's interesting to me that that here as we kind of sum it up, and I you know I'm gonna say I, I didn't dislike the show. It it's not gonna be one that I'm gonna come back to time and time again, but it has its merits. There's definitely good stuff about it. There's some good characters in it. There's uh, bits of it that I still think are a little, I think maybe are a little too clever by half. But um, it, it's interesting to me that the more I look at it, the more I see certain parallels to it with 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 Star Trek. And I and I can't you I cannot pay a higher compliment to a TV show than that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because you know when. Star Trek Roddenberry was trying to produce a science fiction show about ideas, and the West, uh, The network wanted a Western, and that's how he had to pitch it to him. It's like, wagon train to the stars. <laughs> and because in those days, Westerns were gold, and science fiction was the touch of death. Yes. And for example, the pilot episode that would have aired first was an episode about a human being getting augmented with telepathic psionic powers and becoming godlike and there is it's an it's an analysis of what makes us human of what makes a god of what absolute power corrupting absolutely it's a it's a bit of a you know it's got some action in it but it's a bit of a thinky episode but when the networks pull it they go no no bring me the one with a monster in it and they shuffle them around and put that up front because they want to show you know, they want to get off to a start and go. Hmm. This is a show. This is a spacey show with big monsters and stuff in it. Um, they never really got what Roddenberry was trying to do because he was always trying to to tell a little story or a morality play, or and you know they want they want money in the bank and happy advertisers and not get <laughs> letters and things. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it it it's and there are so many shows that don't have that. I mean, you know, whoever put out Man from Atlantis was just trying to make some money <laughs> to get eyeballs on screens. They weren't trying to say anything. So to its credit, to, to Firefly's credit, you know, I can see that. I can absolutely see that this was intended to be more than just a, a, a space opera, for want, of a, for want of a a better word. Yeah. Um, which puts it in a higher tier of TV shows. Um Th- those that those that are trying to expand you a little bit when you're watching it, so I, I would go with that.
1: I think the other thing to say about the, about the kind of the reasons why I personally think that the creative tensions work in Firefly's favor, and you know the the episode that a lot of people cite as being the 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 kind of casualty of the the this conflict be the train job, which I think is a great episode. That serenity as a movie okay we've we've just spent a, a fair while raking over its many flaws and analyzing why it it had to do all of the things it did and and why that was a problem but another thing about serenity is universal were hugely hugely more supportive of whedon's vision in mm-hmm. this they 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 it is, i think i I get a much stronger sense of Certainly, again, from from what uh, Whedon's written about it, is is that when when it came to making this film, they were much happier to just go with his vision for what it should be, because he'd obviously got a TV series and, and he brought it to them, and there was an executive there who had a great deal of faith in him. And I wonder whether it would be better if there hadn't been more pushback. Um, you know, maybe maybe sometimes you need that friction to create the kind of oh. creative furnace in which these ideas grow.
0: I uh, have have long expounded upon the, uh, I can think of two writers that I think of. I think of Stephen King and I think of J.K. Rowling. Um, I think King's earlier work is better. And I think Rowling's earlier work is better. And in both cases, they have expanded on to writing books that that you could probably kill a squirrel with they're so big (laughs) and i feel that a lot of that has to do with the fact that when a writer is working with an editor and you're a young writer the editor is going to have more feedback but really who has the cojones to tell stephen king or jk rowling you know let's lose a hundred pages of waste here Right, they lose that back and forth. It becomes an echo chamber instead of uh, someone who's trying to help them make a better product. Yeah. And I, I, can see that. I don't, I, I, I don't think i you know, a I'm Sure, rule Whedon on that. has I mean, got a lot of cred now. Uh, well, yeah, know, I mean, that's
1: like. a, this is this is two thousand and five Whedon. This is a guy who's never made a film. It's very different from two thousand and twelve Whedon. So,
0: but he's got he got Buffy, and he's already got Angel, right? By this point,
1: yeah, but you know not not necessarily high viewing figures for either show, big cult followings, but angel got canned i'm i'm not I'm not sure that in two thousand and five he was seen as the money making machine that he was post avengers
0: but I think he was seen as as a cult following making, and that's that that does count for something i mean if if you can get if you can get loyal fans. Yes. Then maybe you because, can get. But, but I think there's some cachet there.
1: That's because, but because he's also respected for his ability to his his sense because he he did probably still does a lot of work polishing other people's scripts and so forth. Because of this extremely um canny sense for storytelling and for, and for characters, and that is something that people obviously working in this industry. N- know and respect so yes he Mm. he would he would he would he would get credit for that now whether whether it's to his detriment when he becomes seen as an auteur rather than having other people sort of coming in and saying you know inputting their i I mean i the sense was Weed and i get is that he actually rather likes other people coming in and giving their input that he he thrives off the collaborative process um but Yeah, and the the only other thing I can say about, you know, working for Fox is he he brought this show to them, um, you know, trying to work on it at the same time he was making Angel, I believe, and they messed him around undoubtedly a great deal and killed what he probably thought of from everything I've read as being a major, major personal project that was almost an obsession with him to continue it. Mm. Well, but in 2009, he goes back to Fox and makes another TV series for them. So it can't have been all bad. <laughs> uh, how'd that work out for him? They canned it after two series.
0: Oh, well, he, he's So slightly his, better. Yeah, he's getting better. All right, well, Simon, I don't have anything else about Serenity or Firefly. Although I will ask this question, why not? It's never... Occurred to me till this exact moment. Why is it called Firefly, the series? Because I mean, because I know it's, it's a type of ship, a, but
1: well, what? <laughs> what else do you need? What else what? do you need? The ship is the ship is the star. It's either going to be called Firefly, but it's or Serenity.
0: Or Serenity. The ship is Serenity, not Firefly. Firefly is a class of ship. That's like yeah, but it's, it's, like it's like called a Firefly. Star Trek heavy cruiser. <laughs> like it, it...
1: I don't know, but I think Firefly is a better name. It's it's a Firefly ship, and so you know
0: that, i yeah i know it that's i understand that's where the word comes for i just don't understand why that's the why they picked that for the name instead of say for example serenity i mean it,
1: serenity yeah serenity serenity might be a better a better a more logical name for the series but i think firefly is a better name it sounds better it
0: oh, fits I, I do have one thing i have to say now my wife watched this film with me she has not been particularly engaged in this series she's kind of come and gone as we watch but but it happens that she sat and watched this one with me from from end to end and she interesting experiment and she said to get the the view of someone who's
1: who's not seen the show because obviously that's one of the target audiences
0: well what she said was uh her her observation at the end of the film and i'm afraid this is not going to be as deep and insightful as you would like um she said does anyone ever mention that that ship looks like a turkey uh and i said i'm i'm not aware of it but but they have now and i'm going to absolutely publicize that (laughs) so there i've done that apparently my wife thinks the ship looks like a turkey and when she said it i was thinking sort of a malformed bird of some kind but yeah all right i could take turkey (laughs) anyway that was her insightful commentary oh. about this film maybe that's why they didn't make any more sequels test audiences <laughs> test audiences had this to say about serenity the movie do you know that ship looks like a turkey it's like okay but they did make a lot of changes in response to the test audience i mean
1: when when i say that people didn't fear, interfere there were test audiences they did make a number of changes but nowhere <laughs> that i have come across is it mentioned that anyone referred to serenity as looking like a turkey <laughs>
0: so that it could may be just be something they we thought well we better not let that get out yeah let's, let's get that one down along with miranda <laughs> all right well simon thank you for joining me through this exploration of the whedon space verse it's a pleasure as always and listeners i do hope you'll join us all again next time on fusion patrol You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.